What's up, film fans? Welcome to another episode. Welcome to Friday the 14th podcast. Brand new episode, brand new horror movie. I am one of the hosts, Juan, and I am joined by the other host, Franco. Hey, what's up, guys? And a returning veteran, Manny Fresh. How are you guys doing today? Oh, so good. Thank you for having me on today. Man, I am super excited. Peacock original movie. We get to talk about Sick. Um, but it's also another big day in the horror world as this new Scream trailer dropped earlier today. Uh, Scream 6, New York, New Rules. I'm excited. It looks pretty good. It looks sick. Uh, what about you guys? Did you guys get to check out the trailer this week or today? Ghostface has a shotgun. That's all I needed to see. That's <laughs> all you built, had to show me. He's built different. Yeah. I was like, this man does not care. He's in New York with a shotgun in a corner store. Like, no rules. No, I'm scared of him. No rules. Um, I'm excited. Uh, but I'm also excited to talk about a little film that we're talking about today. So uh, for those of you that are new or have not watched any of these episodes, um, last week we talked about the original Friday the 13th from 1980. Go back and check that episode out wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can watch it live or on demand right here on this Emma Productions YouTube channel. Go check out the social media, Instagram slash Friday the 14th podcast. Uh, also, you can find all of the social media at Emasawa Productions on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Just check it out and uh, hit us up on the social media, comment, maybe on some movies that you want to hear us talk about, or give your five Danny Trejo ratings on the movie that we're talking about today or the movies that we're talking about in the past or in the future. So check out social media because uh, we're all over social media. Um, and then the YouTube channel has any and everything you want to watch wrestling, podcasts, uh, horror movies, whatever Ta you want. So, tacos, tacos, we got any wet tacos on there? <laughs> not, not wet, just hard, just hard Chill, tacos. Um, but guys, uh, we're gonna get ready to get into sick. Um, unless there's any other news, Franco, that you want to bring into uh, the episode or anything else that's happening on the YouTube channel? Uh, nothing I can think of. Uh, we haven't done full matches in a while. There'll be some full matches like next week or the week prior after. Um, that's about it. Some full matches. Um, before we dig into the movie, Franco, uh, sick uh, on Peacock. Was it just uh, something that looked cool? Or were you kind of excited for this release before we were able to dig into it? I did not know about this release until I brought it up. I think the, I, the day before I brought it up to y'all. I saw like an article on it saying talking about it. And I was like, "Oh, this seems interesting." And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, "This looks interesting." But to me, it looked it looked more like a, a comedy horror. And um, I guess we'll talk about it more later on. But um, I like the trailer, and I was like, you know, whenever we decide to switch it up for Megan, I was like, "Let's throw that one in there since the new release, get new release all the way." Which yeah, uh, two back to back new releases. Sick this week. Megan next week. Um, but if you guys want to play along and watch what we review, Sick is now available on Peacock. Go check it out. Uh, due to the pandemic, Parker and her best friends decide to quarantine at the family lake house alone, or so they think. Um, INDB currently has it at a 6.2. Rotten Tomatoes at 88%. The Metascore is at 62%. Uh, while the Google users like it at 83%. It just came out. The release was January 13th of this year um, with a cast of Gideon Alden, Bethlehem Million, uh, Dylan Sprayberry, 
and directed by John Hames. Uh, written by Kevin Williamson, one of the writers from the original Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, I didn't I didn't know that going into it. And so whenever yeah. uh, things played, I saw it and I was like, yo, that explains why I actually enjoyed it. So let's let's dig into it, man. Uh, the movie kicks off April 2020, smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. What did you guys think of uh, the opening with uh, Tyler being at the market? I enjoyed it. It was uh, something new. Uh, Kevin Williamson all, all wrote it, so it felt Scream-esque. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I think the... Uh... To me, the 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 beginning just took me back <laughs> because it was just like it felt so real. Even like the taped arrows on the floor when he's walking to the grocery store, I'm just like, dude, this is like on point. Everything that was going on during the pandemic, yeah, was or, just. Or, or how how about when he went to go grab the the Kleenex and the mom was like, really? Yeah, and then she called him a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, f you. You could have said sorry. Like I just, it, it just. Gosh, that, you, don't, was... you, you don't really think about too much PTSD when it comes to the pandemic because you're like, ah, we lived through it. It's in the past. But when you saw the movie, you're like, I don't ever want to go through that again. Oh, no, man. No, no. I do not wish that ever. Never that ever. Uh, the customer coughed and everybody looked at her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. You know how many times I had to hold in sneezes and coughs, even though I wasn't sick, with a face mask on, just because I was scared yeah, of getting my, those looks? Yeah, My eyes would tear up when I had to hold it. Oh, man. <laughs> so do you guys think with all the technology we have and with, you know, uh, location sharing, location, stuff like that, did the texting at the beginning of the movie, I mean, if that happened to anybody now, would you guys still kind of be, like, weirded out or freaked out by it, or you just be like, uh... Uh, the texting kind of got to me just a little bit. I don't know why, you know, because you're you're saying who's this, you're texting back who's this. If somebody texts me, I don't know, and they don't answer back who's this. I, I maybe it's because I have no fucks given, but I'm gonna call that number and be like, hey, who's this? And you know, but what did you guys think think of the text yourselves? Did you, did you enjoy it or did you kind of wish they went maybe another route? I enjoyed it. It's more, I guess, modern take to it everybody has a location on for every stupid thing like snapchat you can see your friends uh locations from there i have my my staff my snapchat off and all that but you can see it that way i think some people don't even realize they have their location on yeah it's just like media is just a thing like now where everybody's just so like uh posting where they're at constantly with like no care in the world like uh, you know if you go on vacation never tell people you're going on vacation because you just told them your house is vacant you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, thanks. And so, like, I think for the beginning with the text thing is, like, I, I've been in situations like that where I still reply. And so it's like, uh, I don't think it really got to me until they sent the picture. That's when it's like, okay, all right. You know, like, this was was funny at first. Now it's like, you're, you're definitely a, a stalker or somebody I, I don't know. Uh, spoiler alert before we continue on the conversation we're nine minutes into the episode eight minutes and some change go back watch the movie it's on peacock because we're about to get into some spoiler territory uh, if you don't want to get anything spoiled for you um, Tyler's Tyler's attack and death I thought was a pretty fun way to open up the movie going to the grocery store then going back to the apartment when it could have just happened at the apartment or, you know, in front of the dorm, I guess he was in college, right? That was a dorm that he was in. 
Yes. So uh, I thought it was pretty unique and fresh being in the market and then going back to the, the dorm. What did you guys think of Tyler's opening death? I I honestly, to be honest with you, uh, I thought it was I thought it was good only because like the choreography for this film to me was top notch. Like I'm so glad like we saw him fight back in this scene. Like I'm so tired of like the same old like remedy where it's just like nobody fights back, you're killed off instantly. You know, I feel like the scene created it uh like this tension where you're like, I want the person that's being like trying to be killed to win to overpower because you want them to fight back and in this one you get that like it's always like oh i would have done this and if i was in that situation and then you see this person doing those things and you're like wow you know and like um i think what really added to it was the fact that you know you got cnn playing on the tv screen anderson cooper talking it really puts you in the feel of like this is was the pandemic this is like on point everything i just i just thought it was so good the way the way the the scene carried itself uh um especially again because we could we could talk spoilers right we could just go yeah. okay like when when he when he puts the desk against the door so the killer doesn't get in you're waiting for them to come in through the window like you're like this is cliche look behind you look behind you and then i remember when his body gets in the frame where the window it's not showing behind him i'm like the killer's there and when it's not i'm like it's so perfect because this movie played on cliches in a way but twisted them and was like no this is what you thought that's not that's not what you're gonna get and for that bravo like i i thought that was perfect um and then tyler's death you know got a yeah like you said he fought back and um his death was a little bit even though you kind of knew it was coming it felt real and it felt like you felt sorry for that he lost his life and I think you you touched on it right. So many movies just oh he's just another victim, like yeah he is in this movie, but you felt you felt a little sorrow for him losing his life. Um, I don't know, man. He wasn't wearing his mask when he left the store. Uh, yeah, the riddance. <laughs> Where's your yeah. mask? Come on, bro. Back in twenty twenty. <laughs> so, so so he was asking for it then, right, Franco? Yeah, he had his location on. He didn't have his mask on. He was asking for it. Um, Meeting Parker and Miri, what do you guys think of the two main mains? Um, you know, again, when, when it comes to horror movies nowadays, sometimes it's like hit or miss on the cast. I thought the cast was pretty pretty uh, excellent in this movie. Um, even though some of them may not be that, you know, memorable, not very big-time big actors or actresses, but I, I thought they were pretty fun as far as the, the main two characters go. You I have one... Them. Yeah, you have one who's like partying it up she don't really care but she's still trying to be cautious for her friend and then you have the one that's like put the fucking mask on you know we we gotta we gotta be we gotta be safe we gotta be healthy um i like that they they meshed well together yeah um i agree with you on that i feel like there was balance between the two characters uh usually a lot of the times the best friends act the same or one of them's like not as level-headed or they're both like on a somewhat same level of okay i, I don't care if either of them die but this one had like kind of played on each other. Like you have Parker, who's like this free spirit, and you have Mary, who's like this. Look, I could be a free spirit, but let's be smart about this. And so, you know, every time Parker's acting up, you have that friend that's kind of there to keep you grounded. Which, in real life, I think that's that's all always a perfect combination. Um, and so, just the way they they played so well with each other, um, 
I bought their friendship. Like, I really did. I bought it. Sometimes I don't buy it in movies, but I bought it with this one because I definitely do remember in the pandemic, the friends that were like, yo, my dad can get, you know, this. Please take it serious, dude. Put on your mask. Hey, did you sanitize? Did you do this? And then there was the part of, you know, everybody that was like, damn, I'm tired of wearing this mask. I don't want to wear it anymore. But you have to have that balance. And I think Miri played that part well, and, and Parker played her part well. I, I liked it. Good combination. Yeah. Um, quarantining at the lake. First mistake was the pictures on social media. Um, you know, uh, and then I don't know. I like I like the scenery, the wide shots and the wide angles of them driving to the lake house. I'm like, man, are you sure this is a horror movie or or what kind of film am I watching? Because you don't get that too many too many times now with you know really good cinematography, good wide shots, high angle shots. But this film was shot beautifully for a, can we call it a low budget horror film? I couldn't even find the budget for the movie. So I'm sure it's a, you know, it's a Peacock original. So, but it's also Blumhouse. Um, With that being said, I guess it's also got some universal ties in the movie. So the budget had to be a pretty high budget movie. Um, But man, I thought it was just shot beautifully. And the score was simple, but it like was meaningful as well. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think of the, the sounds and the scores? When, the shots to the lake house. When I saw the shots at first, you know, whenever they're driving up and everything, I was like, yo, this is probably going to be like an extra two minutes that can get cut because I felt like it was going to drag on. The movie did not drag on, did not feel rushed. It was like perfect timing with everything. So I'm glad they were able to do it because it, it was, like you said, it was shot beautifully and everything. Yeah, and it and, set up the tone for the lake and for the lake house. Yeah. yeah. It, was, yeah. it was real perfect and everything. And the, the score was simple yet like memorable like yeah. if it, it fit yeah. with it yeah we talked about it last week how camp crystal lake was its own character in friday the 13th i feel like this movie the lake house was the same it was its own character yeah. in the movie like yeah. I, I think you needed those wide shots of the lake of the way to the lake because of what was coming later of them trying to escape mm-hmm. um, I remember, um, there's a there, there's a shot when they're leaving the college uh, um, Parker and, and Mary, and the road is clear. And I remember my fiance says, uh, "Yeah, on a road, yeah, roads with nobody on them. That's believable." And then I'm like, "No, during the pandemic, the roads look like this." Yep. And I feel like if any movie has the excuse to have no cars, it's this one. But then I also feel like they paid enough attention to detail that they focused on the fact that there will be no other cars in this shot. These people are leaving to quarantine, like. It just again, like the like the 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 log the cat. I want to call it like a log cabin because it was beautiful. This this you know like, but it was like it had its own essence. Essence like it's it, the the log cabin was its own thing. Like uh, every scene is shot to where you feel like the weather too. You know when they're when they're sitting by the lake and she's like, "Come on, it's April. You can't have it all." Because she's like, "It's not that warm out here. The water must be freezing." And then like. To later on when they're smoking weed, uh, you can see that it's super chilly outside there. And, and I like that in movies. I like when you can feel the scenery because mm-hmm. it puts you in the film for a bit. And it, 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 that's I'm all for that, man. If I'm watching a movie, I want to be in the movie. And uh, this 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 uh, from score to scenery, this movie did it for me. Yeah, even even uh, when you know in the nighttime when things start happening, the the film was a little extra dark. Like I was. 
Like I, I had to check my settings on the TV. I'm like, is this my TV? Do I need to go up a notch? But no, it was just a really dark shot film. And uh, yeah, I agree. It made you feel one with the movie. And it almost wanted you to like, wanted you to bring in an in with the movie. Uh, I'm going to bring up my only nitpick of this movie. And that was DJ. Um, and I know he's probably just brought in for an extra kill. And probably at first you're like, he's a suspect. So maybe, maybe he's one of the, one of the guys, but yeah, the, the whole argument with DJ and then the argument leading into his demise, his death, I guess we'll get into the second death of the movie. Um, I thought his death was cool. Don't get me wrong, but I just felt like he was a really, really wasted character and I did not like him at all. What'd you guys think? I feel like you needed him just to set up more of the plot of the reason why uh, he, the, the killers came after her. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the beginning when he came in, I was like, okay, just an extra death. Uh, there's no reason to it. But then once they set up the full plot and everything, it's like, okay, well then, yeah, I understand why they brought him in. It made yeah. And his death was the best one by far. I, I, I honestly, it's crazy because um, – yeah, when he first comes on, I'm like, first of all, weirdo, you just walk in. That's that's a no-go. Uh, obviously, you and this girl are kind of, like, not exclusive, and you just don't do that. You just don't read a girl's, what's it called, Instagram post and say, I'm going to show up, which was, again, weird. But I think he redeemed himself in a way when he fought for them, like when he fought to protect them. Because a lot of times in these movies, it's like everybody takes off running. But this man was like, no. You and Mary, y'all take off. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll fight. I'll fight off this person, which again, I love the choreography because it actually feels like there's pushback. It feels like there's a struggle. This killer doesn't just get the upper hand. There's, there's some kind of fight back. With his death, first thing I thought of though was Jeepers Creepers, the first film, and only because when he opens the door, and uh, they notice that like he's his feet are kind of elevated. And then you see that he's attached to the pole. Yeah. It reminds me of when the creeper kills the old lady and he's holding her body with a shotgun. And they think that she's coming up to the door. So I, that to me was a nod, which again, I've always loved that scene. I thought it was perfectly done. This film did it for me too. Cause I'm like, wow, it's so refreshing to see like this occur. I, I, I just, gosh, there's so many things I like about this movie and DJ's death definitely was, uh, was, was one of them. In a movie that didn't have a lot of kills and was in and out in just an hour and 20 minutes, I think we can all agree this was probably the best death of the movie then. Um, so the argument I didn't, I didn't enjoy, but I loved the death. Um, what, do you, what do you think of you know, the attacks the, of the first killer coming in and he, he's attacking both of them? You got Miri's fall. She falls on the grass, and at that point, I'm like, I think it was too obvious that she wasn't going to be killed off. So I'm like, oh, she'll be back. I, I kind of knew that. Um, but then it kind of jumped up crazy, and uh, Parker kills the first masked guy who, at first, we only think there's one of them. I, at least I did. And then yeah. what would you guys think when he got the, was it like a frying pan or something to the head, and she just started, like, bashing his brains in? Whenever uh, she started, I was like, "Yo, no, this ain't this ain't ending like that. There has to be two killers now." And so whenever it was happening, um, sorry, my little one. Whenever it was happening, I was like, "Yeah, there's gonna be two killers and whatnot." But the scene was really good. The way she fought back for it was 
uh, really good, something you want in a horror movie. It's like you don't mm-hmm. want them, like uh, Maddie's been saying, you don't want them just giving up. You want them fighting back, and yeah. Yeah, uh, Parker finishing him off or what she thought she did. I thought it was like, yes, that's what you should do in movies. I hate when they just leave. Like, for example, DJ does that. Like, he hits the guy, he falls over, right? And then he's like, F you, and he kicks him. But I'm like, I would finish them off. I'm sorry. Like, my thing is, yes, again, adrenaline's running. But it's like, do you want that person chasing you again? But when he goes in for that second kick is when he gets his leg stabbed, which, again, that was also really cool because I'm like, damn, like, didn't see that coming. But at the same time with Parker ending this guy, just like, I felt like I was wailing my hands up with her when i was watching i'm like again again don't stop you know it's like one of those like you, you get like your adrenaline starts to rush i'm like why is my adrenaline rushing watching this film i feel like i'm the one holding that thing over the guy's head and i'm the one bashing you know his face in um so yeah i mean uh the, these okay, another thing that this guy throws people like crazy because he yeah. threw, you know, Tyler in the beginning, he throws DJ, he throws Parker over there. I'm like, this guy got, like, a hand. Like, <laughs> of every killer I've ever seen in movies, like, definitely would, I, he couldn't lift me. I know he couldn't. But, uh, <laughs> what's it called? That dude was throwing. He was throwing people. I, I like that. That was cool. So, it, it felt a little too predictable for me. But even though it was a little predictable, I think it was executed perfectly and it was still executed to where you could enjoy the movie even though you kind of knew some things were maybe coming a little too soon um did you guys have any issues or did you kind of see some things coming before they happened the the main plot of it was a twist i think oh yeah for sure the the whole Uh, ending with with why they were doing it mm -hmm. um i can't think i of anything really honestly besides uh DJ's death, you knew he was, he was going to die whenever he revealed himself. Um, so after the first killer died, I called him Thing 1 and Thing 2. Um, what did you think whenever he did come back from the dead and then he just, you know, Miri goes off and stabs him and finally finishes him off? I'm glad he was he came back for just a little bit and it wasn't like outdone. You know, like he still came back, but he was it was realistic. Like he was, you know hurting he was not a hundred percent yeah I, I agree with you on that like he was in a state of panic when he gets up like what the hell but at the same time he's like oh i gotta stop this one you know like the other one just bashed my head in uh but i'm so glad he didn't overstay his visit and was killed off instantly because it's like last thing i need is for man to be indestructible and super strong after getting your face rock like that i'm sorry like i seen ufc fighters take a much less to the face and it does a lot to them like you ain't gonna tell me that man's gonna get up and be superman with no matter how much adrenaline you got rushing in your body so uh i i liked it um plus uh miri is super smart man yeah. gets herself into the house starts to make herself a splint like i it just i'm like dude heck yeah like miri for the win i'm like you know what you're a person who's being killed but at least you're smart about taking care of your injuries when you can and then the movie creates that sense of uh tension with her constantly looking over to make sure the body's still there yep. and, and, and it makes you think horror cliche it's not going to be there when she looks again but instead of that happening he just no straight up gets up or and she, like, or her using the wi-fi at the end of the movie also like yeah. you know it's again it's this movie was really a surprise to me because it's just attention to detail that a lot of horror movies don't do and uh, I, can, I can probably say 2022 and so far the start of this month has been 
core has just been top notch for the last few months. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about the trailer for this movie. Manny, I think you said you didn't watch the trailer, right? Franco, you said you did watch the trailer. I watched the trailer and I enjoyed the scene of the trailer where she tries to get in the car and the old lady's like, do you have a mask? I can't let you in without a mask. And that is what drew me to the movie. I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious. That's funny. That's smart. I can't wait to watch this movie. Um, and then it happened in the movie and I'm like, the trailer kind of ruined it for me. Cause that was, that was, that was the big pop in the trailer. And then when I finally watched it in the movie, it wasn't as entertaining this time around. Um, Matt, Manny, hats off to you for, for not watching the trailer. Um, <laughs> and that kind of, that kind of wanted me to ask you guys, are you Manny for you first? Are you one to like skip trailers and just go straight into the movie? Especially uh, if it's like a big Marvel or horror movie. Uh, my thing is, uh, Trailers that don't overstay their welcome. I don't like trailers that give me too much. So I'm a fan of getting a trailer. Like, I love trailers. Like, it's like, oh, my goodness, you know. But um, for certain for certain films, I feel like they do too much in the trailer. I see the movie, and it's like, I saw all of this in the trailer, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with this movie, I just listened to Franco say there was a horror movie coming out. Heard him say it was going to be on Peacock. And that's all I needed. I'm like, look, I'm looking for stuff to watch. I've been like, when I run out of stuff, I go back to watching movies. Like, I just finished watching Black Sheep and Tommy Boy, and now I miss Chris Farley like crazy. Hell so yeah. when I was younger, but I had nothing to watch. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back and watch some 90s films. Like, let's do it. And so Franco tells me, yo, there's some fresh beef on the table. You can eat it. And I'm like, what's it called? He's like, sick. And I said, I'm going to eat that. I'm going to eat the whole plate. So I didn't even bother with the trailer. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to watch the trailer. I'm going to sit here read a little bit of the synopsis, dive in. And because of that, the scene with the the woman in the car, I, w it was one of my favorite scenes. And yeah. when I saw the trailer play after the movie, I'm like, that I would have been mad. I would have been mad yeah. if I saw this trailer. I would have been yeah. mad if I saw this because this is one of my favorite, that was one of my favorite scenes. And if I'd seen it in the trailer, I'd have been like, well, you know, at one point in the movie, this is going to happen. So it's not, you know, but not seeing it and seeing it for the first time just in the movie, I was like, Dude, what? Like the whole? Where's your mask? Where's your mask? I'm like, oh my! I would have already broken in the window or thrown her out of the car. Like, I'm sorry, woman, but I, I, you know, I'm trying to live here. Like the uh, the first, like we've talked about Scream at the beginning of the episode. I watched the first and only trailer that came out so far. I'm done. I'm not gonna watch another one. You could, I think movies nowadays have four or five trailers before the actual release. I think you just need one, one, and that's it. That's I agree with that right there. So, yeah. Um, except for Ant-Man. I have not seen a full trailer in Ant-Man, so I'm, I'm keeping that one away from me, and uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll take it there. I I saw a trailer for Ant-Man because I was watching... It was in one of the movies I was watching. I was like, damn it. I was trying to... <laughs> you were screaming in the theater. You're like, la, 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 la. I'll get up and... So it was like, close your eyes. Like, well, I'm going to hear it still. What's the point? I'm going to get up and go get a $6 hot dog if that trailer comes on during Megan when I go see Megan this weekend. I think it was during Megan, so well, watch thanks out. Thanks for the, I'm going to go get an $8 hot dog. <laughs> um, but, oh. I mean, let's... Hey, what's up, South Texas Collectibles? Yes. Hey, dude. Uh, but then the trailer, that scene is what attracted me to this movie because I was like, okay, this looks like a horror comedy and I I love horror comedy, so I was like okay, like this is probably gonna be good. So like, had I not seen the trailer, I probably would never suggested this film. So see, it's kind of oh. a win-win thing. It's you know, you you'll have some who enjoy the trailer and be like, hey, 
you know, that trailer for Franco ended up being a word of mouth movie for everybody else. So you kind of you kind of got your wins and your losses. To me, MVP trailer of the year last year was the trailer for Barbarian. Like that trailer got me to see the movie, and then the movie was nothing. The trailer showed. It was like what, like MVP. Like to me, to this day, I'm like that was one of the best ways to market the movie. It was just a one and done trailer. They didn't do multiple trailers for this. It was just that trailer, and that was it. Then I saw the movie and was like, what? Uh, the thing that sold me was Justin Long. I was like, that's all you have to say. If the movie has Justin Long. I'm watching it. You know, you don't have to say anything else. But that that trailer, and then watching the movie, I was like, what the heck? You know, so. One and done's. I, I agree with that. One trailer is enough. There doesn't need to be thirteen or fourteen. So you got the two. You, you know, you got. You finally got the ending, opening up and unfolding as everything goes on. The the, the positive COVID tests. Uh, the the whole talk about Benji and his death, and you know when they said that their son had died from COVID, I'm like, wow. I'm like so, this is how this is gonna end, and I'm like, I I, I wasn't mad. I was happy. I was like, man. What a way to take something that really happened in the pandemic and make a movie that probably people are so crazy and so nuts today that I could see a family and that happening. You know, and, and I'm not saying people are crazy or, you know, because you know, people lost people, family members during the pandemic due to COVID. So if that would have really happened, and I'm sure a lot of people did lose really, really close ones to them, I can see somebody creating a real life horror story and movie about trying to get back to jennifer who went to a party and just got everybody sick with covid and one of their kids died like that's legit what happened in this movie and i'm like did did kevin williams just sit down and just have a nice drink and just write this whole script out in one day or i wonder if he started thinking about this script during the actual pandemic probably was jotting down notes everywhere he went yeah. You know, like look at the way people are fighting over toilet paper. Yeah. You know? Look at the way people act when you cough online. Look at the way, and then like he just kind of like conjured it up. Like, what if a family took revenge on a family member they lost? Which I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably felt those who lost loved ones in the pandemic, if they could just get back at the person who wasn't wearing their mask or wasn't doing the six feet or wasn't following CDC guidelines. So, um, just, I thought it was just such a perfect play on the pandemic and such a great way to create a story with the pandemic that wasn't just about being quarantined in a house. Yeah. You know, it was like this, this wasn't like uh, from even the test when they make her do the test. I, yeah. I hated, I had to get a couple of COVID tests. Do not recommend 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Like I just, ugh, they suck. And I felt it too. And she's sticking the thing up her nose. I'm like, I remember that. And I hated it. I just, Gosh, it's just, uh, I, I thought it was just so perfectly, Ke- Kevin, or, shout out to you. Man. Or, or what's, you know, upsetting is like when she, they were explaining his his death about him being in the bed all alone or him dying alone because nobody could be around him because of COVID. Like, man, like this was, you know, a legit, this was a legit thing that really happened, you know, or they could have taken the cheap way out and took COVID and turned it into another zombie movie. You know, but exactly. They, they, exactly. They, they didn't. They everything was original for this movie, and I just, man, I want to say hats off to Kevin Williamson, hats off to Franco for recommending the movie. Yes, and thank like, you. And like, you know what? The the thing I enjoy most about podcasting is whether it's five people or five thousand people, 
we get to talk about a movie that maybe not a lot of people have heard. And maybe after seeing or listening or watching this episode, they go watch the movie and experience what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, this is a definitely a market because it came out this year. It's definitely like, I've already marked it down as one one of my favorite horror films that I've, or in the genre that I've seen this year. And uh, it's just a perfect way to start off January because that's like the most crucial month of the year it's like you're bringing out all the new stuff it, it, it gives you a taste on what we can expect for the rest of the year and blumhouse you've you've impressed me greatly with this yep. one uh last week franco we talked about mrs Voorhees and how crucial she was to her role as you know the actress uh pamela in this movie as the main you know the mom if you will who who gets her her sons right they were her 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 sons to Avenge Benji's death. I thought she was the perfect kind of crazy for this role. What did you guys think of uh, Jane Adams, who plays Pamela? Was it her son and her husband, wasn't it? Yeah, it was her husband and her son. I think the son had, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. was the first one. They were avenging Benji. Yeah. 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 Um, so. I thought she did very well. Um, right off the bat, with uh, her in the car and everything, like it was unexpected, I guess. And uh, yeah, she did really good. I mean, being crazy, I don't think she's as memorable as uh, Pamela Voorhees, though. No. Another, is that another nod, though, naming her Pamela? Because I'm like, man, you know. Oh, yeah, it was Pamela as well, right? Yeah. That might well, have been, yeah. It was, yeah. And you know, she's avenging her son. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Look at you. Kevin Williamson, that. damn. Damn. Uh, the nods to other horror films in another horror film. But I, I do think the ending was fun. Her death was, uh, again, uh, not common. She could have went out with like her head getting chopped off or being stabbed or something, but she burned alive. And uh, you know what? Even though it's a, a small part of me wants to believe that there's room for a sequel, that's why it ended the way with her just falling down. You know, maybe, mm. maybe, maybe... Maybe Imsa could have came in and they just shot her, you know, did away with the fire extinguisher. It never, she just fell. That's all. It didn't show her actually die or anything, but and, I, would uh, like, I would like to believe that it set something open for another movie. And the sequel, it's going to open up with uh, the deaths of everybody at that, uh, the house and they're going to blame me on COVID. There you go. Oh yeah. They're going to be like, definitely COVID took them out. Yeah. And be like, what? What? The, this dude's uh, impelled by antlers. Yeah, he was coughing so bad he fell off the top of the. Yeah. And he they're gonna raise up the numbers for COVID again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, but I was gonna say, if they do, if they were to make a sequel, I think the smarter route probably would be to maybe set the film in the realm of sick. So not so much continuing the characters, but opening us up to other characters and maybe another family. Yeah. Um, doing some of the same thing, or maybe not even a family. Maybe it goes into the people that thought we should have the vaccines, people that thought we shouldn't have the vaccines, you know, like something like that. It could be set in the realm of COVID. That way you kind of continue this without it being like, oh, we saw this in the last film, you know, like it could be something like that. So that's also really cool. Like if they were to make a sequel, uh, I'm going to trademark that though. So if Blumhouse takes it from this podcast, uh, I said that. (laughs) Uh, While we're on the topic of the pandemic, this is a new segment of the podcast called legacy last week we talked about the legacy of jason Voorhees and friday the 13th sick doesn't really have a legacy you know there, there's not a franchise built yet on it there's not a, a a main face killer so 
I thought it'd be fun to talk about the legacy of the pandemic and how it changed not only movies, but the way we watch movies. Um, so I wanted to bring that up to you guys about, you know, now that the pandemic happened, uh, even the biggest Marvel movie didn't make what a Marvel movie made in 2019. So the pandemic really changed everything movie-wise. Things are going straight from movie theaters to streaming, sometimes not even movie theaters. They're just going straight to streaming like uh, sick. So what's the biggest negative thing that you guys think that the pandemic took away movie-wise? And then we'll go positive. Just going to the movie theater with your family and watching a movie. Yeah, I would. My, uh, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, my, my my negativity right quick would just be the fact that it's so 50 50 on good movies and bad movies. Like, I feel mm. like the pandemic made us so spoiled at watching movies at home that it took away the fact that we could go to a movie theater and watch a bad movie. And we may not think it's a bad movie because we had that theater experience. You know, um, mm. to where now maybe some movies aren't getting a theatrical release. They're like, uh, we only spent $200 million on it. Let's just put it on HBO Max or let's just put it on yeah. Paramount Plus. So that would be oh. my negative. That'd be my negative from the whole pandemic thing. Um, I agree with you on that because I feel like in a way, even the way they're directing and what the, the, the production in some movies, I feel like they just became so complacent that like, we don't have to go a hundred percent because these people are going to eat it up either way. Yeah. You know, they're so used to what they saw on stream. And if Netflix, if a Netflix original was good enough for them, then when we throw it on, on the, the big screen, we don't have to spend more of a budget. You know what I mean? It's what they're expecting. They're expecting the CGI to, to look bad, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, they're expecting the CGI to, you know, be, be crappy. So we don't have to like really try. And, and I agree with that. And I also agree. Like one of the biggest effects was turnout. I think now people have gotten so complacent that they're like, Oh, it's not going to streaming. Then I'm not going to watch it. And I'm like, wait, what? Like my thing was when the pandemic shut down theaters that crushed my heart. Cause I'm like, yo, you just took away my fortress of solitude. Like you're telling me, you know, I can't, I can't go to a theater. I remember being so desperate as soon as Cinemark announced that they were going to be doing, like, uh, these throwback movies in, like, early of summer 2021, or no, no, maybe it was, like, 2020, 2020 still. It was in 2020 yeah. when they did that. And I got so excited, I bought tickets to see Back to the Future. And I was like, I've already seen this movie in theaters, but I want to see it, like, I want to see it uh, again. And I remember the day comes, and Cinemark Century is still not open. And I remember, like, having to get a refund on my tickets and being so let down, like, I need to watch a movie in a movie theater. So I feel like that's what it's done. The legacy of the pandemic has done turnout. Now people are willing to skip out on a movie if it's not available for streaming right then and there. Yep. It, it took away the the want to go to a movie theater to where like, you know, say let's let's say a movie like that didn't do so well in theaters like uh let's talk about the well for example or I mean even Megan. Megan's doing really good in theaters, but I heard here at some of my local theaters it's already going to be taken out next week or the week after because wow. it's just it's not it's not blooming and ant-man comes out so let's go ahead and take that out and we don't need it in theaters anymore that's probably my biggest as well like movies aren't getting that much time in in theaters and i'm missing out on a lot of movies in theaters um because they're they're trying to throw it to streaming as soon yeah. as they can which is again it's it, i agree with you that that does suck 
Um, We need more movies like Top Gun that just completely goes to straight to a billion dollars so it can be kept in the movie theater for six months. So freaking good. Um, What about something positive that came out of the pandemic? You know, the legacy of the pandemic, if I could say that there's anything positive, um, man, I kind of want to say, I don't know if anything positive came out of the pandemic hitting the movie business. Um, because it made prices on physical media more expensive, it made prices on the tickets more expensive, the concessions more expensive. The you don't quality get free the, refills anymore. Yeah, the quality. <laughs> the, the quality I still get the free refills, man. <laughs> the quality of uh, some of the movies aren't as good because they're so worried about quantity or uh, quantity instead of quality. Mm. Um, so I don't know, That's man. Good. I don't. I don't think anything mm. maybe positive came out about it. The only thing I can see something positive. The popcorn guy. um i got an email today from cinemark it's it's national popcorn day so it's 50 percent off and this is cinemark theaters like this is nationwide so it's not corpus it's nationwide and when you click it it's like how much do you love popcorn and i clicked on this email open it up and he's standing there on the thing like flipping the like a little picture of him and it's it's like it's spinning in his hands and i was like oh my god oh nope Hold on, there is one thing. There's one thing positive that came from this. Yeah. Nobody wants to sit next to somebody in a movie theater now still. Oh my so, gosh, yes. So it makes I me have, so happy. Yeah, I have all the elbow oh, space in the world. So that, I can breathe. I can breathe. I don't have to feel like somebody's on me. I can oh that is yep. the best Honestly, feeling ever. Watching uh Megan, we bought our tickets because I hate seeing next people. And we bought them like there was like a couple and two open seats and then more open seats, so we bought those. And we bought them like an hour before the show or two hours before the show. We get to the show. There's already people right there next to us. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, and this was an Alamo, Alamo draft house where like the shares are even more smaller. Oh, yeah. Alamo. It, it, yeah. You're definitely laying on somebody sometimes. Yeah. In I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy a seat. And then if I'm going with somebody, I'll skip that seat and then get them the seat right over here. So there, I got a seat in between us. And I'm like, nice. surely, I'm like surely nobody's going to buy that one seat in between us. <laughs> yeah, I love it when people actually just do the one seat because, like, even uh, the other people on the other side that day only bought the one seat. So I left my wife sit on that side. I was, I'll take this side, and then, like I said, that the couple were right there. I'm like, damn it, it's bullshit. And when they when they kind of first opened the theaters back, though, that that was a rule that anytime you bought two tickets, and I loved that so much. And then, yeah. so when they finally opened it again to like pretty much full capacity, I'd get mad if there was that theater that I did walk into, got my seats and everything, and then somebody sat next to me. I was like, are you, you serious? Yeah. I will cough on you. Like, <laughs> just like, I I don't know. I got really spoiled by that. And it just felt like I was in a, I was in my own, a little home theater. That's what it made me feel like. Speaking of coughing, uh, whenever they reveal the ending, the whole plot and uh, Pamela, they're trying to get her rid of her. I was like, why don't they, why doesn't she just cough on her? She's very asymptomatic. She knows that, like, just lick her face. Yeah, the fact that they threw the asymptomatic in there as well. Yes, 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 that's very true because it's believable and it was a thing during the pandemic. So, um, but the whole time I was yeah. like, good man, just cough on her. She'll fucking run away from you. She doesn't have her mask on right now. So, I, I thought of next week, you know, again, Megan doesn't have a legacy, um, but I thought it'd be pretty fun next week if we talked the legacy of whether it be comedy, action, horror movies. I thought it'd be fun if we talked the legacy of famous dolls and movies. Um, that, that's the plan that I had next week for, for Megan. 
Um, what do you guys think? You think uh, there's some certain dolls in some movies that might we might be able to talk about, right? Slappy. I can name like three of them right now. I was going to say Slappy. <laughs> Slappy, Chucky, Annabelle. Um, um, so before we get into the ratings, the what, was what was you guys' favorite scene of uh, Sick? Uh, definitely the DJ's death. I, I did like the, the opening, the opening a lot, but I think definitely DJ's death. Yeah, the opening was beautiful. That was one of my, DJ's death was another one of my favorites. But also, um, when Parker went full rage mode on the dude's face, yep. one of my, was one of my favorite scenes too. Because I was like, hell yeah, Parker, get so, it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, kill him, kill him. I would. I, I mean, those are all good. I'd probably have to agree though with the market and Tyler, just because it took you back to that PTSD of COVID. Um, and then maybe even I would pick the even though I saw it in the trailer, the mask of put your mask on. Don't you can't just get in my car. Um, that that was, was that was one of my favorites. Thank you for that. Uh, it was so. I think I have an extra one. It's yeah. sterile. <laughs> and then she sits there and she's like, "Why does this mask smell like?" And she's like, "Chloroform." And I was like, "No, she's in on it." And I'm like, "No, no." It's just yeah. That was a twist that. Um, Gosh, I, oh man, I want to hug the person who made this film. Good. Uh, I guess we'll do we'll do ratings. Uh, a five machete rating. Finding Danny five Danny Trejos. Uh, Franklin, you want you want to go first? You want to lead us in? I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, this movie is really good. People are gonna expect me to give it a five if they saw it. And I was like, no, I don't want to give it a five. But then I was like, really trying hard on what to think. Like, why not to give it a five? I couldn't come up with anything. The scenery, the shots, the story, the beginning, the scream homage, the apparently Friday the 13th homage too. Everything about it was just really good. It didn't drag on. It was a really good movie. I'm going to give it five. Five. Five machetes. Oh, no. Oh no! Um, I, I'm gonna be able to rewatch it like anytime. Like, I think I'm probably end up having to get my wife to rewatch it with me. That's so, really so that's that's another good thing is a you can watch it anytime you want. It's on Peacock. You don't have to go rent it yet. You don't have to go buy it or not in the theater. I, I loved it for every reason that you just mentioned. You're in and out. You don't have to spend too much time on it. It's an hour and twenty minutes. Some of the performances were great. Not a lot to nitpick from. The only thing that's gonna allow me from giving this a five is now that I know the ending and the pandemic and I know the ins and outs of the movie, would the rewatchability live up to the first watch? Um, mm. That's not necessarily the movie's fault, um, but I think it was just delivered so good the first watch. I don't know if I would like it as much the second or third, but for now, I'm still going to give it a high rating. I'm going to give it a four, a four out of five. Nice. Um, so, so that's my given. Manny, what about you? Um, this does have rewatch value. I saw it by myself. Told my fiance about it. She got pissed. She's like, it's a Blumhouse film and you watched it without me. And I was like, sorry. Um, so I uh, watched it again last night. And I, it was one of those films where I didn't feel like, oh, like if I watch it again, like I want this movie to be over. Or, oh, that's going to happen next. Like I still enjoyed watching it. And I was okay. like, wow, this to me, that was like, that's replay value. Because I'm never like that. I watch a movie once and if it wasn't good, I never, like I don't touch it again. And if it is good, I give it some time to, you know 
rest and then watch it again because I enjoyed it. Uh, this movie did have rewatch value. Um, and after rewatch and catching little things like um, when she says, like, oh, yeah, Benji, he was cute until he ghosted me. And I was like, wait, what? It makes sense now because Benji died. You know, like, it, it, I didn't realize it the first time I watched it. So um, I give this one, again, I, I feel like the rating I'm giving it is, is pretty high. Three and a half. Three and a half machetes. Because I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed this film and it's good. And um, it's not on physical, but I'm a supporter of physical media because we still need it desperately. Yes, so sir. I hope they release this in 4K in a still book because uh, I will be purchasing that. Um, I would but, like yeah, three and a half. Three and a half, sorry. You open the still book and it comes with a mask. Oh my gosh, I would dive or like a test, a COVID test, like maybe a replica test of the one from the movie. Oh, I would just, I would, I would. That's it. I'd be like, I'm, no. I'm done collecting. I've, I've, I've reached the peak. That's that's why we love physical media. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a stand. Let us let us know you guys' ratings. How many how many ratings out of five would you give it? Hit us up again on the social media. Instagram slash Friday the Fourteenth podcast or anything Imusawa Productions YouTube Facebook Instagram. Uh, let us know. Go check this out on Peacock and let us know what you think of the movie. Um, taglines. Uh, I think Franco, you said the tagline is "If you have to scream, cover your mouth." Um, does Does anybody else have maybe like a favorite tagline they want to shove out there? Mine, mine might be uh, if you if you have to scream. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think of what I've been trying to think of one the whole episode. If you, uh, it would be like um, for this quarantine, you'll need more than six feet. Yeah. Because you need some space from the killers. We're not safe. Damn. Don't get ghosted. Nah, don't kiss Benji. Don't kiss yeah. Benji. Don't kiss and tell. Don't kiss and tell. <laughs> Stop sharing your um, location. Remove your location. Remove yeah. your location. Yeah. Um, <laughs> media doesn't need to know everything. Yeah. Put this on your social media, and it's a COVID test. <laughs> yeah. Stay inside. Yeah. Where, uh, according to Franco, the tagline would be, uh, wear your mask until you get to your car. There you go. <laughs> Wear your mask until you get inside. Your car. So you get inside. Okay, even yeah, and so you get inside the car. Face down, face down, mask up, or yes. ass down, ass up, mask down. <laughs> What's that? Mask down, ass up. Maybe. There you go. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. You guys have I, anything I, else? Oh, go ahead. I forgot to mention. I don't know if this is how y'all were, but at the beginning. The opening scene, he gets home from uh, getting groceries, and they get home from getting groceries. They took a uh, what the hell is it called? A wipe. A Lysol wipe. Yeah, to the boxes yeah. and everything on the groceries. Yeah. Did y'all do that? Okay, I was like tripping out. I was like, "Yo, did did people do this? Because I didn't do that." People did it though. No, that's crazy. I didn't Pe- know that. People did it, and and uh, I, watching it the second time is when I I noticed it because I'm like, I don't understand why. People like like you do know the workers touch every single piece of food they're you know they're putting into the into the bags and then at the uh, when they get when he gets home and he's lysoling everything and then later on when they're at the cabin she's doing the same thing with the lysol I was like wow in some situations it really was like that people were yep were up the butt it's crazy 
I'm not gonna go in and get groceries, but can from can, can Daniel deliver the groceries for me, please? Daniel, <laughs> put them yeah, in my car. I'm, I'm gonna open the back of my car, and you're just gonna put them in there. And I think I'm safe, even though you touched every single one of those groceries. And I'm not sure you're wearing a mask when you grabbed them. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. This this movie allows you to definitely go back and just sit and think about those good old 2020 days. A year it's just going to be weird. Forget. I mean, one day I'm going to be sitting there with my children and being like, yeah, yeah, that happened in 2020. The pandemic, I went through. You know, I also saw some towers fall. When I was very young, I mean, if you, don't ask me about my mental state. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, then, then it's we so saw, crazy. We saw Simpsons character become president, and man, we could get into a whole, that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> yeah. though, okay? That's a whole other episode. Yeah. I mean, well, like, how I, episode. Your, how I met your mother from my point of view. Like, yeah. it'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we get on to next week, does anybody else want to bring anything up from Sick? Go, Go watch it. Yeah, really <laughs> go watch it. Blumhouse. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. It's on Peacock next Thursday, January twenty sixth. Uh, it's theater time. We go back to theater. We're checking out Megan, another twenty twenty two technically release. I think it was made in twenty twenty two with the twenty twenty three release. Um, but it's still it's it's in theaters. It's it's being talked about all over the the universe. Go check it out, Megan. I can't wait to go see it in theaters. I'm gonna go check it out this weekend, and. Uh, We'll, we'll be on next Thursday to, to talk about it. I heard Drake and Josh are in it. Oh. <laughs> I, have, I have yet to see a, a uh, Megan meme. Poster, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm like, come on. This is the perfect. Like, like, uh, I, I thought I about that been. last week. I was like, man, I should make that. I haven't seen anything. Like, <laughs> I was just too lazy to make it. Yeah, it needs to happen. All right. Um, well, unless there's anything else you guys want to co- talk about or cover, I think it's on to uh, Megan next week. Right here, new episode. Don't forget next Thursday, Friday the 14th podcast, Thursday, 6 p.m. Perfect. Peace, love, tacos. Thanks for watching. Thank you for having me.